Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Gluten Free Voice. I'm Jules Shepard. Some of you know me as Jules Gluten Free. I feel like that's my last name now. A lot of people come up to me at shows and say, You're Jules Gluten Free. Um, so maybe you know me as that instead of Jules Shepard. But welcome to the show. Today is a very special show because it is National Celiac Awareness Day today on September um, 13th. So I think a lot of you are just hearing about this today for the first time perhaps, but it is actually a recognized day um, in the Senate rolls. So we have lots of fun stuff on my blog. There's some contests going on and some things to celebrate, so check it out, blog.julesglutenfree.com. And I also want to welcome back Jessica, who we are tracking um, after her daughter's celiac diagnosis three weeks ago. Jessica, thank you for coming back on the show to share with us your audio diary of the process of going gluten-free. Thank you. Thanks. And I just wanted to add that in our house, you are known as the queen of gluten-free. So (laughs) maybe you can add that to your title. There you go. Okay, perfect. I'll, let me make a note. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, well, and I guess you know what's what's funny to me too is to sit here and say you know that your daughter was diagnosed three weeks ago. Does it feel like three weeks ago that you started this journey? No, um, but honestly, I don't know if it feels like that's been a short time or a really long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to think about it now, our our kitchen is fully converted as of. This week, I finally got all my pots and pans and new, you know, mm-hmm. things that I was getting, and um, and there's no more gluten in our house that I know of, <laughs> and uh, I, I find crumbs, I guess, and I'm like, oh, crumbs, gotta go, but yeah. um, but anyway, so uh, but so in one way, it feels like we have just kind of been living this way. Uh, forever now, but in another time, I can't believe how much we've done really in just a few weeks. So, you've made fantastic progress. I mean, truly, to to talk to you today in contrast to where you were when you first got the diagnosis. For those of you who are just catching up with this podcast now, um, I was actually with Jessica when she found out that she. Um, that her daughter had tested positive on the initial celiac blood work, which was very high, and they fortunately were able to get her in for an endoscopy the next week. So she had to continue on a gluten-containing diet for only one week, which is nice because so many people have to sort of suffer through that waiting for their endoscopy date, and Jessica was able to fortunately get her daughter in. The biopsy also concluded... um, that her daughter did have celiac disease and had suffered some damage to her villi. So it's going to take a little while for her daughter, Abigail, to really start to feel a lot better because her her villi do need to heal in order for her digestive system to work efficiently. But have you noticed anything since you've started the gluten-free diet? Does it feel like, you know, you've been able to tell any difference in in your daughter or anyone else in your household for that matter because you did decide your whole family was going to make the transition, right? We have, yes. Um, you know, in her, I feel like I notice a big difference in her. Um, I feel like her, even her eyes are just not quite so uh, deep set. And when we went mm-hmm. to her doctor this week, she had mm-hmm. gained a pound. Wow. She's not, she's not really underweight, but, I mean, she's always been sort of on the low scale. But, but she has actually gained weight, which is kind of funny because I think the rest of us are losing weight a little bit. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um but but she, you know, has gained weight and she is just to me seems 
so much happier. She's really embraced it. She just thinks it's it's great, you know. So I think, and then a lot of the anxiety of, oh, something's wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she never knew what it felt like. Maybe her stomach was always upset, and maybe now it doesn't. I don't know. Right. She never verbalized that, you know, she was in pain. But, but to me, she truly seems better, even after just a little over a week, like solid, gluten-free, so... Right. Well, that's great. And I think one of the things she she had some, you know, pretty marked gastrointestinal symptoms which were really kind of starting you on this path to search for an answer, but she also had some behavioral issues that were concerning you. Have you noticed any, you know, I guess any changes in that at all? I'm just curious, you know, what um, I guess what you've noted with her. Actually, I have. Um I mean, she's still a six-year-old, and her tor- her sisters still torture her, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is something else entirely. But but actually, that's, I have that's noticed normal. her mood. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but I have noticed that um, her her mood has really mellowed out, um, and I I don't know if it is sort of the you know chemical changes in her and with the different nutrition. Or, um, you know, we're all really making a very concerted effort to work with her now that we've known that this this isn't just her making something up. This sure. Is, this is a real thing that we were surprised to find out about. So I think we're mm-hmm. all kind of working together, and I think that's actually helped, too, just kind of taking a step back. Yeah, well, and la- since last we talked... Um, I guess you have seen your physician or your daughter's physician, and you've also seen a dietitian um, since the last time we were on air together. So um, how how did this go? Did you feel like that was a, a valuable use of your time? Did you learn anything? Did you teach her anything? <laughs> you know, how did that go? Hey, I did. Now, the appointment with the dietitian was definitely a big one. I was actually looking forward to going to it by myself, but um, when I called the office, they said that they prefer to have the, you know, the patient with them, which mm-hmm. it was tough. I think it maybe would have been slightly more beneficial if I could have just gone by myself because, you know, she likes to hear about the foods, but there's a lot of technical questions, a lot of things that I had questions about. Um, vitamins was like a very big concern. I wanted to know what were, you know, appropriate vitamins, which for her to sit there, I don't know. I don't know that that was, like, very helpful. But it was cute because at the end she was giving us, the dietitian gave us some wonderful handouts. And and Abby's sitting there kind of looking, nodding her head and, you know, kind of putting out her hand to take them. And so so I guess I do see the value in her hearing what she, she should be eating and what she shouldn't. But um, I don't know. I guess I think maybe there were some more just to have her listen to kind of rehash everything. Mhm. Yeah. Frozen well, and yeah, you you more than, you know, even a lot of other people who I talk to who have recently started a gluten-free diet, you have done so much research on your own just in this short period of time from when you got the diagnosis to your meeting with the dietitian. So I bet, you know, someone who maybe hasn't had the time or the wherewithal to do as much research as you have done already would have maybe even gotten some more out of the the appointment, but I I would think you probably knew most of what she was telling you about when you went in for your appointment. Yes, that is true. (laughs) 
<laughs> did she give you Definitely. any resources or other names of of um, resources or things like that that you had not found on your own or through any of the other resources that we had talked about? She did, yeah. She had um, a couple of uh, page, which actually I haven't even had a chance to go all the way through yet, but um, there were probably three pages or so of different websites that did look interesting to me, but I just haven't looked up yet, and mm-hmm. um, books and um, a good amount of cookbooks that she, you know, recommended and things too. But so, yeah, she did have some some what looked like to be really good resources. So. That's great. And you mentioned the vitamins. Is that something that was yeah. unfamiliar to you? Is that new information? Yes. You know, we – I've just always sort of prided myself on feeding my kids like a balanced diet and not mm-hmm. really worrying so much about vitamins. Um, and we have, you know, the gummy vitamins that when I remember, I give to them. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess now with um, removing or I guess not removing a food group, but just kind of changing the diet in such a way, I know that most of the breads and things like that are enriched with a lot of their the vitamins that they need. Right, exactly. And so um, I was very concerned about, you know, using a, getting a good vitamin, if that's what she recommended to make sure that, you know, we're kind of covering any bases that we we might be missing. Now, again, the fruits and vegetables are cover a lot, but I guess she talked to me a lot about B1 and B2 um, mm-hmm. that aren't found. And sure enough, I came home and looked at the little gummy vitamins we had, and they are not. Those vitamins, which are important, are not in there. So I did actually give switch their vitamins too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's it's something that people who go vegan have to be concerned with as well as those B vitamins yeah. and something and that I yeah. yeah and iron and and if you're not getting the proper nutrition because your body can't digest it which is the situation that she's in right now while she heals her body's not efficiently digesting all of her food then you can become deficient in things like calcium and iron pretty quickly and those are very important um, even if you're getting them in your diet so it's nice to have that supplement. Did she mention to you, though, that you need to be careful about vitamins, that vitamins and pharmaceuticals can have gluten in them as fillers? Yes. We did talk at length about that, and she had another handout specifically on vitamins with a list of ones that have vitamins that have the the, the B vitamins and the iron and are gluten-free. I mean, it wasn't Wonderful. an exhaustive list. I'm sure there are other ones, but... You know, there were three or four that I found very easily at the at the mm-hmm. grocery store. So great. She did and then, with regard stuff. to the B vitamins, another tip that I like to give to people is to purchase uh, something called nutritional yeast, and it sometimes can be found called brewer's yeast. You can find it usually in the baking section. If you do buy brewer's yeast, though, you need to make sure you're getting gluten-free brewer's yeast, which is grown on. Um, usually in beet molasses instead of um, on the actual residue from beer manufacturing, which contains gluten. But if you buy a product called Nutritional Yeast, it should already be gluten-free. And it's kind of like flakes. It almost looks like, um, you know, it can be like a Parmesan kind of of a consistency when you shake it out, or it can be like flakes. And it's got a really nice, nutty, cheesy taste to it, which sounds kind of strange, but... You have to try it to believe it. I put it in all kinds of stuff. Like I'll throw it in quiches and I'll put it on top of pizza and I'll I'll put it wherever I can because it does taste pretty good. And it is 
full of B vitamins. So vegans use it a lot because they need the B vitamins and because they're not eating cheese. And because nutritional yeast has sort of a cheesy taste to it, it's really nice in something like a quiche where you would love to have that cheesy taste without actually having the cheese. So I would also recommend trying to get your hands on some nutritional yeast and sprinkling that liberally on the things that you're making for her to eat. And the other thing that you and I have talked about, and, and I'm interested to hear what the what the nutritionist said and whether this was something that she covered or whether you asked about it, was, you know, when you break down the physiology of what's going on with a person with celiac disease, with active celiac disease, who's eating gluten, their villi um, that line the upper intestinal tract that absorb the food are being attacked by the body, which is why it's an autoimmune disease. And so the villi can be blunted, can even be um, completely flattened. And so the villi need to regenerate themselves completely in order for you to have normal digestive process return, which is why there's some lag time between going gluten-free and feeling all the way better for someone who has celiac disease. Well, the tips of the villi are where the lactase enzyme is produced by the body. Lactase breaks down lactose. So it makes sense that people who are have active celiac disease have a much harder time digesting lactose because some or all of their villi are no longer producing lactase. So I'm wondering whether she told you that she recommended, um, she or even your physician recommended that Abigail go on a dairy-free diet as well for a little while. Um, the, both of them, I discussed that with both of them. They, The nutritionist had asked us outright, like, if she was having any problems digesting the lactose, and I did tell her that we had just gone ahead and not, we haven't been giving her, I mean, maybe, like, accidentally or whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. um, that we haven't been giving it. But she did ask me um, before I got to talk to her about it uh, if she was having any problems digesting it. But neither really her physician nor the nutritionist necessarily recommended not giving it to her um, in the interim, only if she was having a problem, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that's like not diarrhea unusual. or anything. Right. So. That's not unusual. It's still, to me, somewhat disappointing because, yeah. you know, the best way to determine, you know, that Abigail is feeling all the way better is for you to remove both of those two things, the gluten and the lactose, get her all the way better, and then reintroduce the lactose. And that way you can tell if it's the lactose that's giving her any problems or not later. Because, you know, 60% of adults, cannot tolerate lactose either, whether they recognize that or not. Their bodies are no longer producing lactase or not producing lactase sufficient enough to digest a a lot of lactose in their diet. So at some point or other, she'll probably not be able to produce lactose anymore, statistically speaking. But whether or not, you know, she regenerates her villi and can digest lactose um, now is something that, you know, you can't really tell except for the symptoms. And unfortunately, the symptoms for lactose intolerance can be very similar for the symptoms of celiac disease. So how are you as the mom supposed to know whether, you know, if she's still having symptoms, it's because of lactose or because you're still getting some mystery, you know, gluten in her diet or she hasn't healed all the way. So I always recommend to people that they go gluten and dairy-free when they're feeling all the way better, their symptoms have subsided, then they can try to reintroduce the lactose and see. And hopefully she'll be able to tolerate the lactose at that point. But at least you're getting her all the way well faster, you know, that way without continuing to assault her with something she may not be able to properly digest. 
So, you know, again, you as the mom get to make all those choices for your family um, with regard to what kind of foods you prepare and what you're serving. But I think that the lactose piece is something that's often overlooked, but it is very important for people, especially people with celiac disease, to understand that they probably are going to have problems with dairy, at least initially. Yeah. Well, and they still do have her on the Miralax as well. Mm-hmm. Be, yeah, and Miralax is for constipation but, for people who are not familiar with that. It's an over-the-counter right. powder that you can add to liquids, and it um, can help with regularity and constipation. So, yeah, that was one of Abigail's symptoms that led you to um, pursue some expert advice on her gastrointestinal symptoms that and eventually led you to the diagnosis of celiac disease. But it's hard and to And I thought was interesting like too because your doctor was saying before that you know that uh celiac disease is not often seen with constipation it's more often seen with diarrhea but it can truly be either one and it can be nothing at all. Um so I think that's unfortunate if physicians are under the impression that constipation is not a symptom of celiac disease because it very 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 much can be. Hopefully. It's just hard to tell, like, now that her body's getting what it truly needs or not getting what it doesn't need. Right, <laughs> um, right. And, but still putting the Miralax, like, is that making it, you know, uncomfortable, too? So I'm hopeful eventually we'll be off that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you have every reason to be hopeful because if her problems are stemming from celiac disease, I mean, she will she will get better. You're doing all the right things in terms of, you know, taking the gluten out of her diet and making sure she's not getting it in school and all of that. So she will heal, and hopefully all of these other symptoms will sort of fall into line once her body regulates itself. Well, tell me about some of the the fun stuff that you have been making. I've I've heard some stories about some of the delicious foods that you're making, and I've also benefited from them because I got a nice little um, delivery from Abigail of homemade gluten-free chocolate chip cookies, which were amazingly good. They were really, really good. We have teenagers in and out of our house all the time, and they scarfed them right up, um, and nobody had any idea they were gluten-free, which is the way they should be. But so tell me, what, what have you baked, and, and what have you been cooking for family meals, and how have you approached all of that? We are we are feeling so good. Those cookies were just what we needed to kind of yeah. get us get us started. But um, we this week I kind of I guess have devised like a little plan for ourselves, and um, you know we're kind of in like the second phase now. With um, now I'm just taking my usual actual recipes and uh, adapting them just with the. Um, you know, gluten-free. And so the the cookies that we made were actually just off the, you know, Nestle's chocolate chip bag. So it was just the regular thing, and we made them dairy-free and uh, gluten-free with your flour. So, um, and they just, they were so great, and she was just so, so pleased to share them with you and yeah. with everyone on the court. And, you know, she was so just so excited. So I think that was kind of just what we needed. So, yeah. Um, and last night I made, homemade pizza. Yeah, how'd that go? And it turned out great. Everyone oh, wow. just loved it. Um, the rest of the family is having a little trouble with the alternative cheeses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but we've been doing is just putting like a little bit of the cheese, you know, that's appropriate for Abby, like on her part, and she does not care or notice the difference, and then everyone else is, <laughs> is fine too. <laughs> so, that's great. But, um, 
but yeah, but so it's been working like really great. But yeah, the pizza and then um, well, I'm a little stuck on the pizza theme because we had also made a taco pizza, but I used the polenta, like the gluten-free polenta, as the mm-hmm. crust for that. And then the taco. Was it the slice um, and bake polenta kind of stuff, or did you make yeah. the polenta from scratch? Okay. Uh-huh. It was no, it was the slice and bake, and um, and yeah, I just kind of pressed it into like. The pizza, the kids were laughing, though, because they were like, pizza again? But I was like, this is different. Now this is normal, you know, regular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, so I guess we're just kind of in our comfort zone there. But I, you know, I think you're doing the right thing. You've you've got to stick with the things that you you know you're kind of used to and your family really likes because you got to make sure that you can get that stuff right and make people happy, and then you can start getting adventurous with some new stuff. Yes. Yeah. So talk to me about your pizza last night because yeast recipes yeah. can sometimes give people trouble. So you yeah. used your regular wheat flour pizza crust recipe, and yes, you used, I did. Um, just and so you just used my gluten free flour for that. Yes, I just substituted the um, flour. So it was it's really just the water um, yeast and then the flour. It's like a very simple, very simple pizza dough um, that we you know typically make. Um, and so I, you know, mixed it together and then left it. And it was it was starting to rise a little bit. And then I came home and pressed it out. So it was it it didn't have that second rise. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do it maybe correctly, but I but it was still very good the way that it was pressed up. So it was more like flatbread pizza, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they like it. They like it pretty flat anyway. So it was fine. But it it was it tasted. Ex- I mean. The taste was exactly like it always is. Oh, that's I mean, no fantastic! No one noticed. No one noticed a single a single difference. Nothing. How did the How did the dough behave um, for you? Was it Did it feel different, like tactily? Was it Did you it, do anything differently with that? It initially, well, because I, it's sort of hard to say because usually I use like a whole wheat flour on it, which is very you know like very grainy. Even if um, so, it's always like very um just thick and very yeah. dry whereas this was at first like very um very sticky but i always put a little oil on it and when i did that but it was just it was very smooth um but i i, I don't know i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't totally sure about it at first yeah <laughs> how it was going to yeah. turn out but it tur- i mean it turned out fantastic but it felt different and i don't know if it was because it was just a different flower altogether or, I mean, it wasn't even, like, I mean, usually I use, like, a very, you know, grainy flour. So. Right. Well, I think a lot of people find that, um, you know, you're not going to take a gluten-free pizza dough and toss it in the air and, you know, spin it on your finger and all of that because the gluten is sort of the glue that holds it all together and makes it stretchy. And so that's not there anymore when when you're using gluten-free flour, obviously. And it does tend to be a wetter dough for things like pizza doughs. And sometimes that's off-putting for people, but it turns out great. You just have to know you're not doing anything wrong, you know, when you when you mix it up and it's a little bit wet. But the, it was much point, easier to press out. Oh, good. <laughs> much easier, good. Yeah. So it wasn't resistant when no, you were pressing no. it out like, like the glutinous doughs can be. Yeah. And, you know, your point about spreading it out with um, olive oil, you know, on your hands is a great tip because that's the easiest way, I think, to, to spread pizza doughs to do it that way. 
Um, the other thing, just to bring back to what you were saying earlier about the second rise, the reason why I usually tell people to, at least initially when you're baking gluten-free, when you are using yeasted recipes like a pizza dough or a bread or anything like that with yeast, I always recommend that people at least initially start with a gluten-free recipe, which you didn't do and it turned out beautifully, so that's fantastic. But the reason why I say to start out with a gluten-free recipe is because of the directions because the directions in gluten-free yeast bread recipes are so different from regular wheat bread recipes. And the funny sort of ironic thing about it is that people who maybe have never baked homemade bread before or made homemade pizza before, sometimes those are the people who have the most success with gluten-free um Doughs because they don't have any expectations. They don't know, um, you know, that the batter or the dough would be wetter than it would ordinarily be. They don't know that it's less stretchy. They, you know, and they also don't know, you know, that they should with a wheat bread be punching it down and letting it rise a second. All these complicated right. things. They've never done those things before, so they don't know, you know, enough to to worry about it not being there. But you do not, with a gluten free dough, want to ever punch it down, and you do not want to give it that second rise after the punch down. You get one rise out of a gluten free dough like that, and if you punch it down, it's not coming back. Which is why, you know, when you make a dough like a pizza dough, you don't want to let it sit and then and rise and then spread it out because it won't really get real um rise after that it's just going to kind of be flat and so i always tell people when you have a shaped bread like a challah or you're doing pizza as soon as you mix it up put it in the shape you want or press it out in the shape that you want and then let it rise and you'll have the best success that way. So I'll be interested to hear if you try it again and you you do you know press it out right after you make the dough if it rises more for you and if you like it better or if you like the flatbread better. Yeah. Oh, but I'm yeah. just glad well, the taste was there trying. for you. It was great. Yeah, that's fantastic. It was yeah. Perfect. Well, so what are you going to have for dinner tonight? So tonight we are going to actually do where I hope to go with our family. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, we are just doing kind of um, like more more simple, just pork tenderloin and mm-hmm. um, corn, grilled corn, and other grilled vegetables and fresh cantaloupe. So, oh wow, that would be great. Of, yeah, that's kind of where I'm hoping to go is just sort of all the whole foods and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, yeah, something it's a, a meal that was already gluten free. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's great. That's where I'm. Trying to go, but not not totally there yet. But tomorrow night we're having fajitas, and I'm making the tortillas. Oh, oh good so for I'm you! You're gonna make my fire that. tortillas. That'll be fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I'm oh, you'll try have fun. It. <laughs> those are so good. You know, I remember before I was diagnosed with celiac disease, going to those restaurants and asking for extra flour tortillas because I just sit and eat the flour tortillas because I love them so much. And that's what I do with that recipe. When you try it, you know, it's it, it's really good. Like it makes soft, flexible, wonderful, yummy flour tortillas that I could literally just sit and eat plain. So um, <laughs> I, think, I think you guys are going to have a good time with that one. I think we'll look forward to that, too. And Abby loves, Abby especially loves the wraps. That's what we've been doing because the breads, we just haven't, I haven't made bread yet, and we haven't found any of the ones, the frozen ones that they do not like at all. So um, for lunches and stuff, we've been doing wraps. So Mm -hmm. that'll be like a great, a great thing. I think it'll be a staple. 
That yeah, that'll be great. Especially if you can, you know, make a double recipe and freeze them and then use them for lunches. That'll make your life a lot easier. Well, and this weekend you had mentioned to me you have like an, a family event or a, an event with some friends that you're kind of trying to plan out what you're going to do for food. So what do you have in mind? Yes, I know. I get so anxious about the weekend. The mm-hmm. weekends are tough. The the week is good, but the weekends are so a little more difficult still. But, um, yeah, we have plans to get together with a large group of friends and um and of course they're they're aware, you know. So we were talking about should we order pizzas, should we get sandwiches, what should we do, you know, and 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 they're so sweet. They're like, But we have to have a, you know, gluten free and dairy free option and you know, so I um I, I guess my gut instinct is just to be like, I'm just gonna bring her, pack her lunch and bring her, because I just I'm still not so sure about the ordering mm-hmm. out. Um with her, even though there's a pizza place that has gluten-free pizza. I don't know. But um, and then, but I did say, too, I was like, well, definitely we will be bringing a treat. Um, we may try the cupcakes and bring those. If not, we always have the cookies. <laughs> but yeah, right. a treat, you know, to share with everyone, not just, mm-hmm. you know. And, and gluten-free her, rice crispy treats are so easy to make, too. If you ever get yeah. in a bind and you only yeah. have a few minutes, that's just so easy to whip together. And I know you have those um, organic brown rice krispies kind of cereal that you can use that's gluten-free and you can always whip that up if you're in a hurry and you're on your way out the door yeah so that's kind of my plan at this time is just to kind of keep it under my control still yeah and, yeah no and then, i think but that's then wise. something yeah mm-hmm. and then the other thing you and i talked about was finding a support group around and you've done some investigations on that so fill me in what have you found out yeah so wonderful. I um I'm really looking forward to I haven't met up with anyone yet, but I am really looking forward to getting connected um with this group. I it was kind of like a chain. I had emailed one person and she said, Well, I can't really help you but I'm CCing so and so and then she CC'd so and so and they wrote me back this wonderful message and said, And I'm also gonna CC so you know, and so there were like probably about four different people who were all so nice over email and and just had each had like a little wonderful tidbit um and you know they have uh like a message group and a facebook group and um and then there's a i found that there's like a mom's group a group of moms that get together once a month and unfortunately i couldn't make it this week but um i hope to catch up with them next month but i guess they get together and talk and and bring a dish to share with one another and the recipe, too. And I just think that that sounds just exactly what I'm looking for and would be great. So I'm actually really looking forward to getting a little bit more connected in that way. So with with other moms who have children that have yeah, children, yeah, I, I, think that I think it's great. You'll find that's so helpful because... There are so many different feelings and emotions that you and Abby and the rest of your family will go through, and some days are way better than others. And having a support system like that that you can go to, you know, for for tangible things like recipes or restaurant recommendations or how to handle your teachers and things like that, but also for the intangibles of, you know, really understanding the emotional piece to this puzzle and having, you know, that support structure, I can't say enough good things about that for adults and for moms of kids alike because Mm -hmm. there's so much yet to be learned. And then at, at some point you'll realize that 
you've become, you know, the shoulder to lean on for somebody else because you're going to be, you know, rapidly taking on um, all this information and, and assimilating your family to the diet, and all of a sudden you're going to be an expert. You're going to turn around and realize that you could help other people, and that's really rewarding as well. So I'm I'm thrilled that you found a group that you feel like, you know, is going to really be there for you. And um, I know that that particular group is they're very active and they meet once a month the the whole group does and then if they have this extra moms group that meets once a month as well that's really that's really great i'm i'm really happy that you're on that track yes i know i'm looking forward to to that get together for sure that's great. Well, Jessica, it sounds like you have made amazing progress once again this week. Um, and here on Celiac Awareness Day, it's all that more fitting that, you know, we have the time to talk and catch up and see where you and your family are in this process. But it sounds like you're definitely on the right track and you're feeling, you know, buoyed by some of the wonderful recipes that you've been able to make and the appointments that you've had and the things that you've read. So I'm thrilled. I think it sounds like, you know, you're – I can't imagine how you could have made Made any more progress than you have in this time period. So, congratulations and thank, thank you, you again. We feel for... great. Good, good. That's what I want to hear. And um, and I'm just I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you and, and share this with other people who are going through exactly the same thing and will be going through exactly the same thing. So, again, thank you from um, the bottom of my heart that you have taken the time to share your experience in this way so that it can help other people on the journey who maybe don't have a support group near them or don't have the resources that we have in the big city. So I think this will be really, really well um, received for those people in that situation. And there are more every day, you know, who are finding out that they or a family member have to go gluten-free. So thank you again, Jessica, for your time. And, you know, all the best to you guys in the upcoming weeks ahead. And we will check in with you again to find out how things are going. But, you know, it just sounds like you're doing an amazing job for your family. So big virtual pat on the back. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, when Abby comes off the bus today, don't forget to tell her happy Celiac Awareness Day. I will. I will. Thank you so much, Joel. Happy Celiac Awareness Day to you, too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.